Will C.J. Stroud miss the Houston Texans home opener this Sunday versus the Colts? And if so, what's next for the Texans with Davis Mills potentially being the starting quarterback? You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Texan fans? Welcome to a Saturday episode of the Locked On Texans podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day, every day, including Saturday. Yeah. This, this one's a little new. bit more important, might be. <laughs> <laughs> if you are new to the Locked On Texans podcast, be sure to subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked On Texans podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Also, thank you to our returning listeners as we continue to talk Texans every day. I want to take some time out really quick to shout out, forget his name, a teacher at Carver High School pulled up on them yesterday, and he said, you know what? I listen to y'all and watch y'all show, man. So mm. shout out to you over in the Aldean area. I am your Texans football analyst, John Subsports Guy Hickman. And of course, joining me as always is your Texans credential media member, and Sports Illustrated's own Cody Davis. Quickly, guys, we had to talk <laughs> Texas today. As the rookie quarterback, C.J. Stroud, is in jeopardy of missing his second start in this NFL career, his young but hopefully young NFL career, and the potential of Davis Mills. But just overall, guys, let me talk. Like the injury report for Houston <laughs> is a mess, mm. and there could potentially be a bunch of important players. And all guys on the 53 man roster is important, but some starters, some guys you really want to see, <laughs> some guys who need to be out on the field in order for Houston to have a chance to beat the Indianapolis Colts. This Sunday. So with CJ getting added to the injury report super late in the week after practicing, Larry Tunsil going back and forth. Is he playing? Is he hurt? Is he practicing? What's going on with that? And it already banged up offensive line. More guys being added to the did not play, did not practice, uh, you know, limited, limited. For the injury report. Cody, <laughs> as we look at Houston heading into this Sunday's matchup, what information can you bring to our listeners and viewers to kind of prepare them for what possibly could be the outcome of Sunday's matchup or how the starters were going to look? Well, that's the thing. We're still trying to figure that out as of right now. And of course, I'm going to start with CJ Stroud because that is the most important one. Now, keep in mind, following the end of training camp throughout, for, throughout this whole rest of the season, us media, we will only be we will only be able to watch the first 15 to 20 minutes of practice. And during that time, the only thing that we see them do is stretch. We'll see them go through some 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 team drills or whatever. Matter of fact, position drills. And we might see a little bit of special teams. But around that 15, 20 minute mark, we got to go back inside of NRG Stadium. And then, you know, they'll have to finish the rest of their practice. I only say that because. This week was a little bit interesting, and there were some things that I noticed that I thought to myself, hmm, that's interesting, but I didn't really think too much of it until Friday. But the, the main day that really sparked my interest was Thursday morning. It was only a handful of us there during the viewing portion of practice, and a lot of us, of course, attended to 
where the defensive backs were because we wanted to see if Jimmy Ward was going to be there. We wanted to see if Jalen Petrie was going to be there. And by the way, both of those guys have automatically been ruled out for Sunday's game. So we would definitely see a defensive backfield with MJ Stewart and Aaron Murray starting in their places. So, you know, second day of practice for the week, we are looking at the defensive backfield. I noticed, okay, no Jalen Petrie, no, no Jimmy Ward. I go back to the side where the offense was. Now this was also the day that it was raining. So we was in a bubble and it's a lot harder to see in the bubble as well. Versus if it's a sunny day, you know, they split everybody up between their two practice fields. So I go back over to the offense and they 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 lined up in literally a basic formation. I don't I don't know what package it was. It was very basic, very bland. And normally when they do that, they're just practicing um handoffs, they're just practicing snaps. I did notice that particular day that Davis Mills was the first quarterback to go up and receive the snap. I didn't think too much of it because the first thing that I thought was, okay, where's Laramie Tunsil? Because you could normally figure the starting quarterback based off the offensive line. I didn't see Laramie Tunsil, and unfortunately, while I was standing, I couldn't see Shaq Mason because at the time of this recording, uh, Shaq Mason is the only offensive lineman, starting offensive lineman that's healthy. So I didn't really think too much of it. But the next thing I wondered, I said, hey, what wide receivers he's out there with? And I saw Nico Collins and Robert Woods. (laughs) And I could be wrong, but I don't think, Davis Mills took a snap in practice with Nico and Woods since maybe day six, day seven of training camp. And that's important because somewhere around that time, that's when they definitely started to hand the keys over to CJ Stroud. We all said, okay, that was the end of the quarter, quote unquote quarterback competition. But I also go back to the day before Wednesday, there was no Laramie Tunsil. Um, We was told that he was out due to rest, for veterans and that's that's not nothing major because i think that was also the same day robert woods missed and that was due to rest however when a report came out we was kind of caught off guard because it said knee or whatever the case might be but i go back to the timing of our media availabilities normally when practice is over we'll talk to coach right after coach we'll talk to whoever players are scheduled to talk then the locker room get open coach spoke and then there was a long wait for cj it was so long to the point the Texans said, all right, guys, we're waiting on CJ. While we wait on CJ, we're going to go ahead and open up the locker room first, and then we'll bring you guys back whenever CJ is ready. We're in the locker room. CJ comes in. All right, CJ is ready. We go in. It was a long break. And the only thing that I could try to make sense of all this, maybe he must have sustained this shoulder injury during Wednesday's practice. And that's part of the reason why it took him so long to get to the podium. And that's part of the reason why when we was out there and it was very quick, part of the reason why Davis Mills was the first um, quarterback to take a snap. Once again, like it was a basic for me. It was them practicing a snap. And they always do that. Very basic, very bland. But I, I'm just looking at this and I'm putting two to two together. And I go back to Friday when the official injury report comes out, CJ Stroud shoulder questionable. I'm like, okay. Maybe the things that I've noticed throughout this week was leading us up to the point CJ might be dealing with some type of injury. So, and we also got to look at the rest of the injury report, right? And I know uh, CJ Stroud, along with Larry Tunsil, those are the two bigger names simply uh, because I, those are the most unexpected names. I was going to say really quick, 
Um, Tonso, we did see him at practice Thursday. He did not practice on Friday. And I do want to mention, um, I missed the viewing portion of practice on Friday because I had to take care of some personal stuff. So I don't know, you know, how the whole stretching and everything period went Friday. I just wanted to put that out there. And so, but those are the two, you know, unsuspected names, uh, unexpected names that landed on the injury report for this week. But also on Thursday, and Cody, uh, probably got to look more into this, but uh, Neville Hewitt banged up. He's on the injury report. We know that Jalen Petrie and Jimmy Ward, they're highly, highly, highly unlikely. No, they out. Uh, they're out, right. <laughs> they I'm out. Just, you know, I had some optimism. But you also got Blake Cashman. He was limited in practice throughout the week. Uh, and that's a thin linebacker core already. Um, and so when you look at the Texans, the depth is now in question simply because you know, we talked about it throughout the entire training camp, and at times people were telling me to calm down, but the facts mm. remain after their starters at multiple positions, the group, some of these positions get very thin. And so I'm looking at that to be an issue for Houston, a team that already has had issues, trouble, showing that they are unable to, at this time, due to the injuries, um, uh, move a body on the offensive line so their running backs can consistently get positive yards and, you know, four or five sacks. I think it was five sacks for C.J. Stroud in week one, mm-hmm. maybe four. That was um, like ten hits, though, I believe. Ten, ten hits, a lot, a lot of pressures. Guys were in his face. They have shown to this point due to the injuries and the in and out of players right now simply because the guys out got to fill in, bringing guys over for the last couple of weeks, haven't been with the, the – the, the franchise for too long, so they're kind of being forced into a role quickly. Uh, this isn't the ramp up period like the last two mm. seasons. We need bodies and we need bodies right now, but they have been unable to show that they can protect their quarterback. Um, and so now when you look at Larry Tunsil potentially being out, that's a huge blow. CJ Stroud missing the potential first of many games versus uh Anthony Richardson. That's a blow. And now I was talking to John Crumpler of the Texas Wire, and you know he texted me, said, "Hey man, what's like what's going on?" Is it? And I'm like, "Man, right now injuries are a league wide issue. Hmm. All 32 teams are dealing with this issue, and even some of the better teams are dealing with this issue. They just so happen to have enough talent at the top, or they were able to scout." efficiently and make sure that their depth at some of those positions are solid enough to maybe overcome it. When I'm looking at Houston right now, and I'm thinking to myself, of course, I'm grouping you guys in as a franchise with the rest of the 32 teams in the NFL, but what's going on with this training staff, right? Um, And I'm looking, and I want to call it to question, how hard were some of the players be practicing or lack thereof in the past two seasons, and I'm not calling into the validity mm. of their dedication. But this year comes with more expectations. The moment you signed D'Amico Ryan's, a defensive coordinator uh, who was a part of a staff that went to a Super Bowl that has experienced almost the highest level of success in the NFL without actually winning a Super Bowl uh, title, and the work changes. The work ethic changes. Uh, the, the the preparation changes. And so now I'm looking at guys, I'm thinking to myself, is it is is a lot of this just due to 
overdoing things that you weren't necessarily used to doing in the previous couple of seasons. Um, I don't know. And again, I'm not calling into the validity of any of these NFL players passion. I'm calling into question how much did the expectations and the preparation and everything that came with D'Amico Ryan's now being your head coach and the foundation of this team changing, how much of that is playing into part of the players' bodies? Maybe they're just not caught up. But again, guys, caught up to the expectations and how they're going to go and go about uh, preparing for games and practice and things like that. But then again, injuries happen. And for Houston, I think what sucks the most is they are not a team that has put together a very good, well-rounded roster hmm. from top to bottom. And I think that's the issue for Houston, not necessarily the injuries, because if a guy got injured, it's normally next man up. And we've seen in the NFL where next man up can bring and lead to success just hasn't been the case for Houston so much. But it's only game one, game two of the season on Sunday. We'll see how these guys are prepared. I definitely want to see CJ out on the field versus Anthony Richardson, who I found out does not like to be called AR-15 for obvious reasons. So I won't call him that uh, no more. But I got to see this rookie showdown. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your job faster and for free. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back in locked on Texan listeners and viewers. So with the news of several players being added to the injury report questionable for Sunday's matchup, it's important to look at the next man up. And that includes Davis Mills and the rest of the potential uh, players that may have to step up for players that won't be playing on Sunday. Looking at the depth chart right now for Houston, if Laramie Tunsil doesn't play, I think Houston looks at sliding uh, George Fant over the left tackle, starting oh. Josh Jones at right tackle. So that's something to look in, look look into. Uh, also, we're, we're looking at Jimmy Ward and Jalen Petrie. They'll be also expect for Eric Murray and MJ Stewart to get those opportunities for the safety position. And I also expect for Janet Graylin Arnold, excuse me, to get some opportunities um, on Sunday as well. Hassan Ridgeway, who was added to IR this week. Kurt Hennis is a guy that I'm going to keep my name on. Of course, Sheldon Rankins and Malik Collins, but. Technically, right now, Houston only has three defensive tackles on their roster. Super surprised that we hadn't got word that Houston was going to call up Khalil Davis, who was on their practice squad. And we're looking at, again, with Noah Brown being added to the IR list, now this opens up more opportunities for uh, Tank Dale, John Mechie, 
and Xavier Hutchison. Between those guys, three catches for 30 yards in a regular season game for Houston. And so we talk about youth. We talk about inexperience. That wide receiver position, you, right now you can only really count on Nico Collins and Noah, I'm Noah Brown and uh, Robert Woods. And so mm -hmm. they are inexperienced at the wide receiver position in terms of depth. They're banged up at the offensive line position in terms of depth. You got guys who didn't play uh, maybe last season at all. You got guys that didn't get a lot, you know a lot of snap, snaps. Excuse me, in the last couple of seasons, Houston has vet issues. Houston has depth issues, and now the potential of putting Davis Mills back out on the field as your starting quarterback. A lot of you guys may not want to hear this, but for Mills, this is exactly the same thing that I went through my first two seasons for the Houston Texans. <laughs> um, and I think this is an issue. And if Davis Mills is out on the field, if it's C.J. Stroud, but whoever is out on the field at quarterback, understand that this is the quite possibly the worst situation for me to thrive in, right? And, and that's just the facts. We're looking at next guys up, next man up, next player up. And some of the guys that you have to see step up didn't play a full season in the NFL, didn't play in the NFL, only has three catches between three players uh, for the next guy up. So I don't know how Houston can overcome this. It's definitely going to come down to how Bobby Schloer can scheme up his offense. It's more so going to come down to D'Amico Ryan's defense playing lights out, giving their offense great field position, giving their offense turnovers, giving their offense – everything that they possibly can to put points out on the board. And I'm glad this is coming in a week where Houston is also going up against a banged up team, inexperienced team at certain positions, a rookie head coach, you know, the whole nine. So Houston still does have a chance, but the inexperience across the board is troublesome. It is, but John, I 100% agree with you. This is not a situation that you want to see any team go through. But it is coming in a week where you have another team that's going through their own issues, another team that's trying to go through their identities. I'm not worried about the defense because, look, Anthony Richardson, I think he has the potential to have a phenomenal career in this league. I think um, he's going to possibly be in the running for Offensive Rookie of the Year once we get towards the middle of the season. However, this is only his second game. And when you go back and you take a look at his debut against the Jacksonville Jaguars, there was moments where it's like, okay, this is definitely a rookie quarterback that's still learning. I talked about it here on this show on several occasions throughout the week, how much um, the, the Jaguars and, and, and his own teammates and coaching staff was telling him he has to learn how to protect himself in this league. And then when you go back and look at his targets, nine times out of 10, majority of his targets did go to Michael Pittman. Um, who I also think is going to be, you know, a pretty good wide receiver in this league. However, if that's the number one guy that he's targeting and you're going up against um, Derek Stingley Jr. and Steven Nelson, I'm not too worried about the defense. By the way, I am expecting um, the Texans to call um, Khalil Davis up from the practice squad roster, and I think he's definitely going to give that defensive line something. Once again, this is a guy in three preseason games. He had like nine tackles and like, two and a half, three sacks. So he's definitely going to be somebody that Houston, Texas were able to utilize to help that depleted defensive line. However, the one thing that concerns me is the offense because 
even though CJ himself wasn't in the best situation during his debut against the um against the Ravens, he did play pretty decent. You did see him still go out there and execute as much as possible. You did see him go out there and use his legs. You did see him go out there and convert on third downs. And I'm only bringing that up because if Davis Mills is in the same situation, if not worse, if you go out there on the field without Larry Tunsil, we're going to see the same thing that we have been seeing throughout Davis Mills' career. Now, look, once again, I understand it. Davis, he hasn't been the best quarterback. We all know that. That's part of the reason why they drafted CJ with the number two overall pick. However, there are moments where I go back and I take a look at Davis Mills' time as his team starting quarterback and think to myself, this franchise, this franchise could have and should have done more to help him. You take a look at his rookie season when he was playing behind a defeated offensive line. You take a look at last season when you had games where Nico Collins and Brandon Cooks, when they wasn't suiting up, he really didn't have nobody to throw to. Um, the, and the only offensive weapon that he had was Damian Pierce. And you saw what happened to Damian Pierce because the Texans was basically running him to the, running him into the ground. So I, I just look at this from a standpoint. I really don't know how the Texans will be able to execute on the offensive side of the ball. And John, I'm not making excuses for the Texans, but to me, at least it's going to be another situation where. We'll come on this show Monday and I'll be like, it's hard for me to evaluate Bobby Sloy. It's hard for me to evaluate the wide receiving core, evaluate Davis Mills, evaluate the run game because this team is so depleted and hampered by injuries. However, Davis Mills throughout training camp and throughout those three preseason games, he did show, quote unquote, some improvements in his game. This is a man that completed around 60 percent of his passes for 246 yards. He had one touchdown that came in the opener against the New England Patriots um, with Tank Dale getting more snaps. Throughout training camp, throughout preseason, um, that seemed like a connection that was starting to brew. Um, there were several moments where a lot of Tank, Tank Dale's highlights coming within joint practices, training camps, or whatever, did come with Davis Mills throwing him the ball. So maybe that's a positive. That can be a go-to wide receiver um, for Davis Mills. He did take care of the ball. However, it wasn't doing a regular season game. And everything that I just said is the same thing that I said last year going into this, going into the 2022 campaign where it was like, okay, Mills took care of the football um, throughout preseason. Mills is this. Mills is starting to develop a, 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 a rapport with this wide receiver. However, once the game started to become official and that team really started to get depleted by injuries and players basically seem seeming like they're not giving 100% of the effort that impacted Davis Mills. So, you know, we shall see what tomorrow is going to bring for this team. But, guys, like injuries, ever since Scott Quisenberry went down with that ACL, MCL tear, injuries have literally just ran through this locker room. Yeah. I'm going to say that CJ plays. I'm mm -hmm. going to say that. I'm going to say that Laramie plays. And, and I'm going to say that with CJ and Laramie playing, that's going to give Houston the best opportunity. Mm -hmm. To to uh, win on Sunday, I do still believe that Houston wins this game, uh, and I think they're going to be competitive. I think that Houston will score their first touchdown on Sunday, and I also look at, and I hope so for my fantasy team, uh, for Damian <laughs> Pierce uh, gets much more active uh, for this offense. And let me say this about Damian Pierce. 
you know, all offseason we 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 raved about his his improvements with pass catching and, and all of that junk, right? Not junk, but but all of that. Um, and this isn't an indictment on him. This is an indictment on the play caller. Thirteen touches, eleven on the ground. I think two receptions. That is not enough. Can't sit here and rave about how a player has improved, and when it's time to show the improvements, well, he ain't getting the opportunities to do so, right? So, again, not an indictment on Damian Pierce. Didn't have the best offensive line play. Started the game off pretty good on the ground. I think his first four, and I bet it on prospects for this, his first five carries, uh, I think it was closer to 22 yards, mm-hmm. uh, like 5.3 yards per carry or something along those lines. Ran the ball effectively when they gave him the ball early in the, early in the game. Took him out of that. Took him out of his element, and then didn't try different ways to get him involved. And that was an issue. We look at the running back group in, in in this entirety. Okay, if they're not able to run the ball, what else can they do? We thought Devin Singletary was going to be more effective as a pass catcher. Didn't give him the opportunities to do so. But Damian Pierce is your lead back. Treat him as such. Get him those touches. Remind you guys. Damian Pierce came into the NFL with a lot of trail left on his tires because mm. of the lack of opportunities at Florida. <laughs> so let's treat him like a young athlete, which he is, give him the ball and, and, and allow him to make some plays. I got to see more Damian Pierce on Sunday, whether by ground or air, he needs to be a featured player. He's one of your best players on the team. Treat him as such. Going back to yesterday's show, um, when we talked about how Bobby Slowick took responsibility for, you know, the, the lackluster offense that we saw against the Ravens. That is something that he did mention. He said it's up to him to get Damian Pierce more involved, and that is what I'm expecting to see. So we'll see how this is going to shake out. I just hate knowing injuries, man. Uh, the Finally, to cover a, a, a Texans team that had some promise to see injuries just derail it as of right now, man. I'm not going to lie, it hurts. It, it hurts, hurts, man. It hurts, it hurts to see. It hurts to cover. But I do still believe that with those injuries and with the adversity, they win more games than what they did last year and the year prior. It don't take so. much. <laughs> thank, <laughs> you thank y'all for checking in this Saturday episode. As you can see, UT is hanging in the back. Oh, We're getting ready Lord. to play some football later tonight. But you guys are here. For the Texans, and so thank you. All back. Ooh. Yeah, we are. Uh, Make sure that you subscribe, like, comment to the Locked on Texas podcast on YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. Give me a follow on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. The Houston Texans did work out. Former Kansas City running back Damian Williams, I believe, Mm -hmm. uh, early in the week. And so I think they're going to wait to see what they got this Sunday to see if they make changes to this running back room. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.